Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome into this week's edition of the Believe in Tobacco Road podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stone. Believe podcast is always the network for professionals. On this week's show, going to recap what we saw in Tobacco Road football last week and get you ready for what uh, what's to come this Saturday where we actually have our first uh, head-to-head Tobacco Road matchup where Wake Forest and NC State will square off this Saturday night. But wanted to uh, to recap what we saw on Saturday. First thing, first team we saw play from Tobacco Road was number 18, North Carolina, as they hosted uh, a Syracuse team that, as we expected, struggled. Uh, and UNC struggled for a lot of the game as well. You know, only leading 7-6 to six going into the third quarter. It was 10-6. to six going into the fourth quarter, and then the offense really kind of loosened up and woke up for North Carolina. But th- that's to be expected, uh, particularly in this, you know, this uh, pandemic-affected season. You haven't necessarily had the, the kind of quality reps that you usually have going into a season. And Sam Howell, you know, he, he looked like a quarterback that a lot of times we see a guy that has a lot of expectations comes in, Gets off to a little bit of a sluggish start. He actually started you know, really well with the opening possession or two. And then turned it over a couple times and finished it out you know, pretty strong. Throwing for 295 yards. Completed, 20, completed uh, 25 of his 34 passes. Uh, did have a couple interceptions. But all in all, uh, played played pretty strong. Particularly when it, uh, when it mattered most in the fourth quarter. And then when it was time for North Carolina to need to put Syracuse away. They were able to do that, so uh, certainly a good showing there from uh, from Sam Howell. Also, you know the running backs for for North Carolina, they really showed out as well. Michael Carter had 78 yards, uh, you know, averaged 11 yards a carry. Javante Williams had 57 yards, three three touchdowns. He averaged over four yards a carry. Uh, you know, North Carolina as a team, they had over 460 yards of offense, which is to be expected. We expect the Tar Heels to be a high-powered offense with Sam Howell. Michael Carter, Javante Williams leading the way. Also, uh, Diami Brown, uh, the receiver, led the way with six six receptions for uh, for 94 yards. Michael Carter also had six catches for uh, for 60 yards as well. The, the big question for UNC 
coming into Saturday was what what's this defense going to look like? And the answer, uh, they passed the first test pretty well. They held Syracuse to six points. Uh, really, you know, it kept UNC the defense kept UNC in front for as long as they were until the offense took over in the fourth quarter. They did they did force an interception late on Rex Culpepper. Uh, they only gave up uh, as far as total offense. They only gave up just a little over 200 yards, under two yards per carry to uh, to Syracuse rushing the ball. They had 35 carries for just 68 yards. So the Carolina defense really answered the uh, answered the bell on Saturday in the opener. Uh, you know, Ch- Chaz Surratt, he was a guy that I think will probably be the defensive player of the year in the ACC. Nine total tackles, had a couple sacks, two and a half tackles for loss as well. And as a team, UNC had seven sacks on Saturday, so a really strong debut for this UNC defense. And, and as we mentioned, you know, leading up to this game, UNC has a perfect schedule leading up to the games that matter most. They get to start off a little soft. They play UNC Charlotte this coming Saturday. They really get to get their stride and get into a rhythm before they get into the games that matter most and are most difficult. And UNC here in the early part of the season, uh, really able to uh, to take advantage of that so far. So, you know, all in all, you know, UNC started slow, uh, but finished the game pretty strong and I, I would expect them to ride that momentum uh, going forward with the way that they finished the game going forward into uh, to week two with their matchup with uh, with UNC Charlotte I don't I don't think uh, the 49ers are going to be much of that much competition really for uh, for UNC this Saturday and uh, you know, as far as the opening spread it's that currently I believe two, it was at 27 and a half uh, then it was then it came out that you know Charlotte's quarterback was going to miss this game, so now the spread I believe up to uh, to twenty nine and a half. So uh, certainly looks like it's going to be a a you know a blowout victory for uh, for Carolina at least if uh, if Vegas is right. Now, granted, keep in mind UNC made it uh, extremely interesting in terms of uh, of trying to cover the spread against uh, Syracuse on Saturday, needing that uh, that last touchdown to be able to do that. Uh, in that in the fourth quarter of that game, so so keep that in mind. But uh, it does look like UNC is certainly you know poised to be a heavy favorite as they go into this matchup with Charlotte on Saturday, and that is a bet uh, in terms of looking at the best bets this week. That is a bet that uh, that I really like. Uh, Carolina minus the twenty nine and a half points. Uh, I, I know that's a lot, uh, but with Charlotte you know missing their uh, missing their starting quarterback, uh, I think that's uh, that's something that is definitely significant for a Charlotte team that really you know played pretty well on Saturday when they were on the on the road at uh, at Appalachian State really hung with them for uh, for most of that game uh, but uh, you know just couldn't finish those opportunities off late in the game as uh, as head coach Will Healy put it uh, you know Charlotte's quarterback Chris Reynolds uh, he was the one that that is injured and is going to uh, going to be out they'll now have Dom Schaffner uh, a former quarterback for North Carolina Central that'll get the uh, get the start on Saturday. So uh, really kind of a tough matchup for uh, for him as he steps in against the UNC defense uh, that really coming off a pretty solid performance over the uh, the weekend. So certainly like uh, North Carolina's chances to be able to uh, to cover in that uh, in that situation 
coming up uh, coming up this Saturday as they get ready to take on UNC Charlotte. As far as you know, other Tobacco Road teams and what they did over the weekend, it was not so good for the uh, for the other teams. I will say though, Duke. I thought equated themselves well on the road at Notre Dame. Uh, you know, really a, a game that they were able to hang in there pretty tough in that uh, in that game. Um, it never really got too far away from them, and they were able to hang around in that game uh, for the most part and make it, I think, more interesting than probably a lot of people thought it was going to be. Uh, you know, they fell behind. You know, it was seven seven to. It was three nothing Duke, then seven to three Notre Dame, then it was seven to six, uh, and then ten to six at halftime. It, it wasn't until late in the third quarter when Notre Dame, or excuse me, late in the second quarter, uh, or yeah, excuse me, late in the third quarter when Notre Dame finally was able to take a double digit lead, and then even in the fourth quarter, uh, or excuse me, in the third quarter again that was, uh, you saw Duke cut that deficit back to uh, to four points. Uh, and really keep things interesting. So Duke, I thought, you know, get hats off to Coach Cutcliffe and company, really thought that they did a pretty good job on Saturday on the road at Notre Dame. So I think uh, they're an interesting team to watch coming off of that game as they get ready to take on Boston College this Saturday. Duke is considered a five-and-a-half-point favorite, which I, I think is interesting because I, I Boston College, kind of an intriguing team. Uh, you know, Duke does have the advantage of having a game under their belt already but there is also game film out there on uh, on Duke at uh, at this point that Boston College can can watch so probably will stay a, away from that five and a half that's just a little bit of a, a a touchy line for what it current for what this matchup currently is in the current situation but may look, look to get it live you know one way or the other I probably would lean Duke as the favorite in that game uh, but you know Chase Bryce was 20 of 37. 259 yards. He was the guy that really had, you know, the most questions surrounding him, you know, going into that game on Saturday against Notre Dame, and he played, uh, you know, pretty solid on the road at uh, at the Irish. So uh, Duke's running game needs to improve. They only averaged a little over two yards per carry. Uh, but uh, as far as their their offense, uh, they actually played, you know, pretty well. They they gave up uh, a little more on the ground, I think, than they would have liked. 178 yards on 42 carries. Uh, that's something that I think that that had a lot to do, I think, with attrition because Notre Dame ended up running 73 plays in that game. So I think I think that's also why Notre Dame was kind of able to pull away in the second half a couple of times is because of the attrition Duke's defense was uh, was going through. But uh, but hats off to Duke. I mean, I really thought they actually uh, equated themselves a lot better in that game on Saturday. That I think a lot of people thought they were going to. So hats off to, uh, to Coach Cutcliffe and company in uh, in that fashion. Uh, and then Wake Forest, obviously, um, you know they, they <laughs> it was what we expected pretty much. Uh, they, they covered. The, the saying is great teams cover, uh, but they were never in the game. They were down twenty seven to nothing before they even put any points on the board, um, and they scored the last ten points of the game. So they were down thirty seven to uh, to three. So. Uh, we're just never in the game, and and that was to be expected. I mean, Wake has a lot of turnover uh, in terms of you know losing Jamie Newman at quarterback, also uh, Sage Stratton not there at receiver for him. They only average one yard per carry on the ground. That's obviously something that has to improve drastically. Sam Hartman got sacked uh, a ton of times 
in this game and that they're going to do a much better job protecting him. Hartman was 11 to 21 for 182 yards. Uh, and, you know, Marin, the receiver, had a nice game. Nine catches, 93 yards, and a touchdown. Also, Robertson, four catches, 92 yards, and Green, three catches, 76 yards. So if you're, if you're looking for the bright spots, they had three receivers uh, that produced pretty well on Saturday. Uh, and, and they were able to get a few sacks. They did record three sacks on Saturday. So that defense uh, seemed to get better as the game went along. But with that said, I mean, they gave up over 550 yards of offense to Clemson. Uh, to Clemson. Travis Etienne had over 100 yards. Trevor Lawrence threw for over 350. Uh, Rodgers had 90 yards receiving. Uh, and, and as far as you know, defense goes, the Clemson defense recorded six sacks on Wake Forest. And, and that's just something that Wake has got to do a better job of. And they've got to do it in a hurry. Like, NC State got to watch this on Saturday and watch this unfold and how rough Wake Forest looked and how rough of an offseason Wake Forest has had. I mean, we talked about this last week, the just kind of woes of, of Wake Forest, you know, losing the game with App State, you lose the fans for the Clemson game and game day, ends up coming to town, and you lose the opportunity to play Notre Dame in Charlotte instead it has to move back to Wake Forest uh, with no fans. So it's been a rough few weeks leading up to the season for Wake Forest, and that continued into the start of the season on Saturday. And this is, I think, going to be an interesting matchup with NC State because I, defensively, I do like NC State. And I think they can cause Wake Forest a lot of problems the way that Clemson did. But keep in mind, Devin Leary, the starting quarterback for, for NC State, one of his worst games as a starter of last season came against Wake Forest. He was 17 of 45, had two interceptions, and a touchdown for only 149 yards. Now, granted, that was just his second start, but still, Wake Forest's defense has had success against Devin Leary before. That's going to give them a lot more confidence than they had going into the matchup with Trevor Lawrence, who has absolutely dominated Wake Forest before. So that's something to, to keep an eye on. I, I will probably take NC State minus the two and a half in that one. I think the game being in Raleigh, I think what happened to Wake this past Saturday, you know, coming off the game against Clemson, I think there may be a little bit of a hangover there. We'll see how we'll see what Coach Clawson can do. That Coach Clawson has done a remarkable job at Wake Forest during his tenure, and he, he's one of those guys that you just don't really count out. So it'll be a very interesting game. I expect it to be close, but probably lean towards the uh, towards the Wolfpack to win this one by a uh, by a field goal this coming Saturday. Uh, as far as the other games in the ACC this weekend, you do have some interesting ones, uh, you know, as far as uh, across the, the ACC landscape. Georgia Tech coming off that monster win over Florida State. They now get a chance to host number 14, Central Florida. Central Florida is a seven and a half point favorite in this one. Uh, and Central Florida hasn't played a game yet. They've gotten to see the film though on Georgia Tech. And I think just talent-wise, even though the game's in Atlanta, I think this is a much tougher matchup for Georgia Tech because Central Florida, unlike Florida State, <laughs> Central Florida is a recently successful program. They know who they are, they know what they strive to be, and they know what they bring to the table as a team. And that Florida State, they know who they are. They have an identity. 
Florida State is still looking for that under Mike Norville. So I think, you know, UCF is going to come in a much more confident team. And I think that's going to be a really tough matchup for Georgia Tech. I actually like UCF uh, minus the seven and a half points. Even better if you can get it down to uh, seven points uh, in that one for uh, for this coming Saturday. Uh, other games on the docket, you've got Syracuse Pitts at Pittsburgh. Uh, the way Pitt looked and the way Syracuse looked, I mean, I know it's a kind of an old Big East rivalry game, but Pitt minus 21 and a half certainly sounds good there. Uh, Notre Dame minus tw- 26 against USF seems a little high, but don't really know much about South Florida yet, so going to hold off on that game. Uh, and, and in the big game this uh, this weekend, you've got number 17 Miami on the road at 18th ranked Louisville. And I think this is going to be a really interesting game. Mikael Cunningham coming in, uh, 343 yards, three touchdowns against Western Kentucky last week. Both teams coming off victories over pretty good programs out of Conference USA. So I think both teams with some momentum coming in. Both teams kind of know what they can do offensively. Uh, you know, Miami looked pretty sound defensively for their uh, their first outing of the season in that win over UAB. Uh, Derek King, have to figure he's going to get better as the season goes along. Wasn't that great last week. He was 16-24. Uh, Harris, the back, though, did have 134 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, but in, in Louisville, I'm going to lean towards the Cardinals there, and I just like Cunningham and Scott Satterfield and company. Uh, I think that uh, the momentum is on their side with that game being at home uh, and and just the way that Louisville looked on Saturday night. They they just looked like a better football team last week than Miami did. So I I like the Cardinals to win that game Saturday night minus the uh, the two and a half points uh, quick look at just the uh, the rest of the college football at least the top 25 landscape coming up this week app state goes on the road to uh, to marshall that'll be kind of interesting especially the mountaineers getting the 330 treatment from uh, from cbs uh, oklahoma state will host tulsa louisiana coming off that monster win over uh over iowa state goes on the road to georgia state and the Raging Cajuns, a 17-point favorite. So that that may, may be kind of interesting to watch and uh, and check out. But uh, it continues to be kind of a light slate until we get into SEC uh, football coming back uh, next week. But those are the games coming up this weekend and the breakdown from the games uh, this past week. We'll have more and more to talk about as the season goes along. Uh, again, this has been the Believe in Tobacco Road podcast. As always, you can get it wherever you get podcasts, especially Apple and Spotify. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.